hey, hey, happy Tuesday with Tamika. Thank you all so much for joining me for yet another episode of Tuesday with Tamika. I am super excited that you are here this week. I think that we are going to have a phenomenal, phenomenal episode that's going to leave you thinking, leaving you um, wanting to put some things in action and wanting to just be an overall better person. Y'all already know what it is. Here on Tuesday with Tamika, we are on these healing streets. We are all about healing healing ourselves and healing our relationships. So if you are new to the podcast, I am Tamika Thomas. I am your life and relationship coach. And here on Tuesday with Tamika, we believe in lifting as we climb, turning our trials into treasures, living a life to inspire and not impress and allowing God to fully, fully restore us. So I'm reading this book, y'all, and this book I'm reading, well, let me let me stop lying. I'm listening to this book because that's how I get my information, okay? Because your girl is out here busy on these healing streets. But I am listening to this audio book, Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill, and I'm about chapter four or five um, in my listening. And one thing that he said, so the premise of this book is Napoleon Hill is interviewing the devil. And he's the devil, quote unquote, right, said something in the book that like, I was like, oh, I can't wait to share that with the podcast. So I am sharing it with you guys. He said, one of the greatest ways that I keep folks trapped and in bondage is through fear. And I, I just think that my guest today, I feel like this is something that we'll really be able to expand on because literally fear is one of our greatest weapons. You guys have probably heard, it's like a weapon of mass destruction. It's something that keeps us stuck and in bondage. You guys have probably heard the analogy or the, the saying that fear is false evidence appearing real. I don't know what you're going through, I don't know what you've been through. I know that many of us have been through some pretty traumatic things, but what I know for sure is when we allow the false evidence of fear to keep us stuck, we can't lift as we climb. We can't live a life to inspire and not impress. And we definitely are close to allowing God to restore us. I want to get into this a little bit deeper with my with my guests or wherever this podcast takes us. I am super excited to invite my guests on today. I'm ready to get into it. Hey, you got a minute? Hey, sis, 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 you got a minute? Yes, I got a minute. How are awesome. you doing? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Mr. Kervin, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself? Well, I'm Kervin. I'm out of South Carolina. Based out of South Carolina, I am a mental health counselor, uh, although I like to call myself just a therapist. Uh, it just seems a whole lot better when you say therapist as opposed to mental health counselor. Uh, and I have a private practice called Gravity Counseling Group. I'm also a podcaster myself with uh, speaking with gravity but I am all about all things mental health just mm. trying to um, reach out to people um, erase the stigmatism the stigma that goes along with uh, mental health in the African-American community sometimes um, and then just promoting good mental health of course we always hear about um, mental illness but I just want to promote 
or talk about more, more often than not, good mental health. I love it. I think that that is so important. And that is definitely something that we believe here. We have a hashtag here at TWT Tuesday with Tamika, where we say therapy works go. So I don't know who that's for. And I believe sometimes fear is the catalyst that makes a lot of people either not go seek help or go and get the help that they need. Have you noticed that in your private practice, especially with working with Black folks? Like, do you feel like there is a fear around, you know, maybe being negatively labeled when it comes to seeking a mental health professional? Absolutely. Um, If you just look up the definition, a quick definition, um, look up about fear, the unpleasant feeling triggered by a perception of danger, real or imagined, and more often than not, is imagined. Mm. You know, are not wanting that. They don't. They don't. They have. There's the unknown. When we're talking about therapy, they have no idea. You hear about it, but you really don't know what's going to happen. I always try to ease people when they walk through those doors and talk to me because they have no idea. What What am I going to say? What is he going to ask? Um, what is it all about? You hear that is is good for us, but you you still don't know what's associated with therapy. And of course, um, a, as you uh, alluded to earlier, when people go to therapy, you hear someone say, oh, you must be crazy. Right. Uh, which is, is far for the truth. But yes. Fear absolutely uh, sometimes dictate whether people actually go and take that extra that step to get into therapy. Yeah, for sure. And then I think that there's also like this um, oh dysfunctional relationship with um, our country. Can can we just like be kind of transparent and kind of tell the truth? I know, you know, I was born in the 80s. So I remember there being a part, a, a point, especially in this, the school system and other systems where every black boy, every black girl was had like this mental health. I, I think that there's a lot of um, over diagnosing and pathologizing of black folks. So I think sometimes that's why they're afraid to go seek help. Do you have you found that to be true? Yeah, I can I can see what you're saying because I, I feel as if more often than not we're misunderstood, and then that leads to a misdiagnosis. You know, as you were talking about um, growing up in the '80s and being in school, sometimes those individuals are misdiagnosed and put into special ed, and they don't need mm-hmm. to. Be. Um, sometimes anger can be misdiagnosed as depression. Um, or um, ODD, uh, oppositional defiant disorder, or even conduct disorder. Mm. When uh, we know anger, or we should know that anger is a secondary emotion. So there's something that goes before that anger. It could be jealousy. Uh, it could be. Um, it could be nervousness. It could be. It could be fear. What we were just talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I I always tell the kids that I work with that anger is a secondary emotion, and then I'll draw like this anger monster, and then I tell them like what's really going on. And sometimes we have to paint that picture. Um, I I recently resigned from a position where I was serving in the um, ED class for the emotionally disturbed kids, and. Mm. 
all, uh, let's see, we had, first of all, boys in general. Um, mm -hmm. I think we had one girl in both classes. So I was at two different sites and there were um, boys. It was boy heavy in both classes, all black and brown boys. And it's interesting because I'm like, does anybody see the trauma, the, the generational trauma that gets passed down in our communities gets misunderstood. I like how you talked about that and how you talked about us being misunderstood. Can we talk a little bit about generational trauma and how do we begin to like heal these things? Um, it's funny that you say that. I was looking, I have not read it yet. Uh, I was looking to get a book called Post-Slavery Traumatic Disorder. Some, I might be getting, I might have it all wrong. I have to look it up at a later date. Um, I've but, read that book and I've referenced it by um, Dr. I'm going to miss I mess up her name, but it's um, PTSD. Yeah, good. Yes. Did yes. mm -hmm. get her last name right, but I, I'm, that's the next book that I want to read. Um, but yes, things are passed down from generation to generation. Uh, how can we kind of flip that and pass down the positives from generation to generation, right? How can we flip that and say, if the traumatic things can be can happen. How can we flip it and and, and pass down more happy moments? Um, and that's to start creating a safe space. In order to create a safe space, we have got to start with uh, having an open heart, uh, a mind to listening. You know, and this it can be hard. I have four kids myself, three teenagers one small, uh, an eight-year-old. She's so easy to deal with because she's so small. <laughs> uh, her she's coming into her personality, but in the same token, whatever I say, it's kind of like, oh, okay, daddy said that. But the teenagers, on the other hand, I can tell them something. I can tell them the sky is blue. And if it just got a hint of gray in it, they're going to say, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not quite blue. And right. that can you know, as a parent or an adult or an authority figure, that can be frustrating. But if we're going to create that safe space, we got to allow them to be able to talk and speak and then try to understand wherever, wherever it is that they're coming from. Actually try to understand it and not just force feed what our ideology is. Mm, mm. That's hard as an adult sometimes. But if you could take a step back, then you're going to get more from them. Um, now they understand, Now they feel as if, okay, this person is validating me as an individual because they're trying to understand me. They're trying to get my point. They're mm -hmm. allowed to share who I am with them and not just dictating me. Uh, and then, then that goes on into that from validation to encouragement and support. Yeah, and everybody, I think, go ahead, I'm sorry. Everybody wants to be validated. Everybody wants to be supported. Everybody wants to be encouraged. And when we're not doing that, that's where you get those um, incidents where people feel like, you know what, I'm just here. Nobody's, mm. nobody cares. Mm. And what's the, one of the big, huge things that I think an underlying thing that a lot of adults, especially, um, miss is like the relationship building, right? Like we grew exactly. up in a day and age where you do as I say, and that's it, right? There was no questioning. There was no, but these kids are different. 
how do we approach this generation? And, and what's like one of the easiest ways to build relationship with like, let's say a, t- a teenager that presents um, angry or depressed or anxiety or like any of the things that these kids, these kids done live through something and we live through it with them, but we had the capacity and that we should have had the capacity and the um, language to articulate how afraid we were during COVID, how uncertain we were. You talked about uncertainty, right? Which that's why a lot of folks don't even think about therapy. How does an adult, an authority figure, a teacher, a pastor, a mom, a mama, a daddy, a friend, how do they um, start to build relationships with a, a teenager that may be presenting with some type of mental health concern? I think it first begins with just listening. Just listening and seeing, based off of what you're listening to, seeing where you can connect. Mm-hmm. You, you may actually be able to connect, but you may be able to refer them to somebody that they can connect with. Um, For instance, if uh, I'm listening to a teenager and they're talking to me about their dog, their pet, I understand, I know about pets, I've had a pet before, but I'm not necessarily gonna be able to connect in that particular way. But I might have who's really into dogs or really into pets and maybe I can refer them to that person. You know, depending on what the setting is. If it's a church setting, maybe I can, I can, refer them to a brother in the church who also is interested in pets and, and dogs and so on and so forth. Uh, if it's in a school setting, maybe I can send them to this teacher because I know this teacher is interested in this. Um, I, if it's something that I can connect with, um, for, for instance, I like music. I really like music. I do not listen to some of the newer music now. Nowadays, I have my that I listen to. It's trash. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> but I have in in sessions. I have allowed them to hear the some of the things that I used to listen to and the things that they're listening to now. And then I see, I try to merge them or at least say, "Hey, you know what they were talking about in this song? They was talking about in that song." Mm, mm, that's good. Making yeah. that go, making that connection. Uh, and then you know, you said something earlier too. I might be getting off topic here a little bit, but you said. We went through something with them. You know, we went through the pandemic. We, we, we're seeing and we're viewing the world at the same exact time. However, we have different windows. Mm. Oh, that gave yeah. me the chills. Talk about that a little bit. We, we have different. We, we process things differently. Every individual processes things differently. You can come from the same exact uh, home. Now you can have the same exact parents. But you're going to process what mom and dad says, say to you differently than your brother or your sister did. You're going to process that happened. Maybe the lights got turned off or um, maybe somebody got a spanking or maybe um, there was, you know, dad got pulled over um, for having no license and went to jail in that instance. And somebody may just look at it totally different. Than the other brother or sister. One brother or sister might say, you know what? He just got pulled up. He didn't have his license. Another person might process it as, you know what? This is messed up. This is really messed up. Dad was irresponsible. 
he could have had us. Our life was in danger because we got pulled over. You just have no idea how people are processing things. So you know, going back to the original statement, we have to listen. Have we to have listen. to listen. And you know what you said, I just literally, a lot of times I'll see like images in my head, right? When my guests are speaking and I saw <clears throat> like a window, almost like a, um, a windshield, right? In a car. And so everyone's viewing it different, but then you have some people, their windows is smeared with like trauma and it's smeared with all this other stuff. So they can't even, you're trying to tell them and trying to get them to see it your way. Right. And I want to really hone into like teachers and maybe even parents and different folks that are in these authority figures um, with kids. And I don't know why we go on this way with kids, but I think that this is so important that we're talking about this topic and you're trying to get them to see it and you're trying to get them to listen and do whatever you want them to do, but their window is smeared. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, gosh, that's so, that's so powerful. That was a very, very powerful analogy that you use. Thank you for sharing that. So, so Curvin, how does someone that wants to heal, right? Because there has to be, would you, well, let me ask you, does there have to be a desire to want the help? It's best if there is a desire. Now, um, in, in the capacity of I've been placed in. I do see people who don't necessarily have the desire, but they have to come see me for some reason or another. (laughs) (laughs) There's Um, a mandate, huh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, Uh, they're they're mandated to come see me, and there are uh, there are times where somebody's mandated, and once they get there, they're like, you know what? This was good for me. Mm. I. Um, or I'm glad that I was mandated. I'm glad that, you know, I had an opportunity to be a part of this. So sometimes it can change. But, yes, it is absolutely best if they absolutely if they want to change, if they want to be a part of this, uh, a part of change, a part of therapy. OK, awesome. So if someone, whether they are voluntold or they volunteer. <laughs> to seek therapy um what what are what is like what are some things that they can look for so as a um life coach right i always tell especially my my ladies that are dealing with some severe trauma i always tell them to get and i particularly work with black women or latina women women of color i've had a sprinkle of white ladies here and there but primarily those are my two clients that i see most um, and I always tell them it's it's really good to do um, therapy, you know, to go seek a therapist. And there, I know that there's some suggestions that I tell them to look for that their therapist should um, specialize in. Do you think that there are some things that a person of color that's looking for therapy should like want their therapist or should they just go in open minded and like throw like you know how you throw spaghetti on the wall and hope it stick or should there be some some qualifications that they should look for in their therapist so uh in my studies the the most important thing when it comes down to therapy is the therapeutic alliance your connection with somebody do they get you do you get them are you committed to them because they 
um, they get you and y'all vibe with each other. So that therapeutic alliance is the most important. There's just some people I'm just not going to be able to get to because we just don't align together. Doesn't matter um, my theoretical, I think that's how you say it, uh, whatever I believe in, what other in, whatever interventions I am trying to put out there, that that comes secondary to the therapeutic alliance or if you get if I get you and you get me. Mm-hmm. Um, there are situations where I might not specialize in X, Y, or Z, but because we have such a close relationship, we can explore that together. And you're going to know, I don't specialize in this. Now, when I say I don't specialize it, now if I have absolutely no idea about it, then as a therapist, um, a part of my ethics is to refer you to someone who does. For instance, um, I would never work with anybody with yeah, eating disorder. Mm. I have, I've had to study it uh, in un, in undergrad and grad, but that w- chapter that I studied, I left it there. <laughs> uh, so uh, I would wouldn't work with anyone with that, and it doesn't matter uh, our relationship. In fact, I have referred people if I've discovered that in the process, that that's something that they might need to address. All right, well, let me refer you out and you go deal with that with that individual. Uh, and then if you want to come back and we address some of the other things, then we can do that. Um, but again, to answer your question, the most important thing is that therapeutic alliance, the connection you have with your therapist. That's what's going to uh, help you uh, explore and process those deeply rooted that that are in you that you don't quite see or get. Mm, I love that. And that, that lets me know that, you know, you're definitely out here doing really good work because when we have the ability to like that self-awareness, right. When we say like, I just can't, you know, this is, this is out of my scope. That's what, how we talk in the mental health world. This is out of my scope of practice. And then we refer that person out that, that lets me know that you're really out here doing good work, which brings me to our community spotlight segment. And I would love for you to be our community spotlight, which will give you the opportunity to share share with folks. Now, I'm not sure if you only work with um, folks in the North Carolina area, or if you are do telehealth, which is like a virtual uh, mental health services, but I would love for you to give folks um, more information about your practice, about your podcast, and how we can get in contact with you. All right. Uh, I am in South Carolina, not North Carolina. Um, he said, get it right. Get it right. This is South Carolina over here. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, no, um, I'm in South Carolina. And yes, I, I work only with uh, individuals in South Carolina right now. Um, I, I don't have the uh, license to go across state lines just yet. I got to wait a little bit longer before I can do that. Um, but in order to get in contact with me, just visit gravitycounselinggroup.com. Um, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's Speaking with Gravity. We're on YouTube and all the other uh, media platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And on there, we talk about mental health and the experience of being um, living life as, a, um, as being a part of the African diaspora. So, like again, as as I said earlier about, we all have a different perception of 
things that happened to us at the same exact time. And so we try to discuss various various topics. Uh, uh, we we had a topic called the ugly of black professionalism. Um, mm. kind of sometimes um, why we do it, you know, so on and so forth. But then we also talk about more serious things uh, with regards to mental health. When uh, we talk about suicide, uh, we talk about depression, anxiety. Um, so it's it's the topics are all over the place. Um, but if you want to check that out, speaking with gravity, um, just Google that. I think I'm the only one with that title, so I should be good to go. Um, and I think that's it. Awesome. Well, we will definitely have all of his information in the show notes. So you can visit the website if you're in South Carolina and you are looking for a safe place to unpack some of the stuff that you've been dealing with. Or if you would love to support his podcast, you know, over here on Tuesday with Tamika, we believe in lifting as we climb. So go on over there, check out the links in the show note and go and support him. So one of the questions as we are wrapping up, I like for all of my guests to answer is living a life to inspire and not impress. Speaking from a mental health lens, what does that mean to you? When one of my favorite sayings is when you learn how to love, you know how to live. Mm. I concentrate on learning how to love my wife, my kids, my family, my neighbor, uh, my sister, my brother. Then it's not about impressing anyone. It's not about trying to do X, Y, and Z and simply just responding to them in the appropriate way. You know, if there's a time, if I need to just be a shoulder for them to cry on, then that's what I am. Because you know what? I love you. Mm. If I to encourage you, because I love you, I should have that eye to say, you know what? This person needs this word right now. Let me give them this word of encouragement. Mm. Uh, mistake. And I love you. I'm going to identify it as a mistake and not, you know, you knew better. You knew that this affect me in this way. No, it was an honest mistake. And we're going to learn from it together. Mm. So love leads lead you to make the best decision possible for those people that are around you. That is good. And that is a Tuesday with Tamika first. We've never had anybody answer that question from that perspective. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing your heart. Listen, if you are out there and you may be just struggling, you know, there's so many things that we see through social media that we see through the news, especially concerning Black folks. Secondary trauma is real. Every time I turn on the news and I see, you know, here in California, we see it quite often. And I'm sure in South Carolina as well, I see a, a Black man detained or a Black man killed or a Black woman detained or killed. It does something to me viscerally where I'm able to, I, I feel it, you know, even seeing um, the passing. And I have not talked about that here of um, Twitch, the, the, you know, that did something, I think, to RP. I think it did something to all people, but I, I know for Black folks that did something to us. So if you are dealing with any type of trauma, do not let, allow fear 
the false evidence of things appearing real stop you from seeking the help that you need. Go and find you a safe person that you can unpack the trauma, the anxiety, the depression with. And, and you know, if you are in South Carolina, make sure you visit Curran and, 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 and get that um therapy that is going to be so vital for your overall holistic health. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Tuesday with Tamika. Do us a favor and go like, rate, and share the podcast. Send this to three people that you know may have been thinking about therapy or may need to consider it. You know, um, we, we definitely don't push our beliefs on other folks, but we lift as we climb, which is sharing this positive information. So go share this podcast with three people, um, rate the podcast, share the podcast, and most importantly, turn those trials into treasures, allow God to fully restore you and uh, live a life to inspire and not impress until next week. Bye-bye.